You're listening to Cross Life, the college ministry of Grace Bible Church in Bozeman, Montana. Our current series is Imago Day, a study of how the character of God impacts your daily life. A voicemail last Friday night, late at night. Andy, where is Cross Life tonight? Sorry, we weren't here. How many people showed up looking for Cross Life? I see a few hands. Yes, timid hands. We had a good, good time away. It was definitely, um, it was refreshing to just spend time with not much of an agenda other than I've got time to spend in the Word and I've got time to pray and a beautiful place to do it. So if you didn't get a chance to go, I'm sorry, maybe next year. Um, Periodically, we will be giving you guys uh, opportunities to serve in the church like this evening. And uh, if you don't, if you're just coming to church and you would like to get involved, keep your ears open. We will continue to give you opportunities to serve with Awana or here and there. Last week was the twos and threes. I know this, sum- this summer, um, Cross Life filled up the whole twos and threes schedule. So that was, um, Tanner and I were talking, that is a, uh, that's a very mature sign in, this, in a, a group of college students to want to hang out with a bunch of twos and threes and Make sure they're taken care of. So if the Lord is tweaking your heart to, to serve, let us know. Pass those sheets into Michelle afterwards. I would like to pray with you guys one more time. And just pray that the Lord would uh, provide uh, humility and clarity of thought. Um, you know how you can come here in the evening and your mind's going from what you just did. It's what you need to do. Um, would ask that the Lord would give us, uh, especially myself tonight, just a singleness of thought on His Word. Let's pray together. Lord, I just, I want to teach and I want to worship You as You deserve, Lord. Lord, would You slow us down a little bit? Would You give us focus? Would you humble me this evening, Lord, and that, and each of us, that we would not get in the way of what you have to say. We thank you for your word, the Lord, that directs us and draws us close to you. And, and Lord, I, I think about how your word teaches us about you. And without your word, Lord, we, we would not know, because you are so completely different. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I hope you got some notes for what we're going to be speaking on and studying this evening. And if you don't have a Bible, there is a Bible right in front of you. We're going to be turning to a lot of places in Scripture this evening. And uh, almost all the places that we're going to be going, I wrote down on that sheet for you, so that later on this evening or later on throughout this week... um, if you, some of the scripture just blows my mind. Uh, as I was studying this week, I couldn't believe some of the things that I was learning about the Lord. And I was just pumped to, to share it with you this evening. And I would encourage you to uh, go back and meditate on these verses your, yourself. Two weeks ago, uh, Tanner spoke on God is incomprehensible. You cannot comprehend God. And our series for this entire year is Imago Dei, 
which means that man is created in God's image. And if God is incomprehensible, how do I reflect that? Does that mean I'm incomprehensible? Absolutely not. You're a very simple person. But when we see who God is, that should, that should matter in how you live from day to day. I wrote down a, a couple thoughts. Why, cannot we, why, why can't we comprehend God? That's because you're a creature. You're a creation. Everything that you know of has been created. Can you think of anything at all that you doesn't have a beginning? Everything that you know of has a point of origin. And everything that you know of is affected by time. It's getting older. It's getting worse. It's, it's becoming something. But that's not true with God. And you can think about and you try to wrap your mind around who God is all by yourself, but you can't. I like to think of uh, God is like an AM station and you're an FM. And you can take your FM dial and you can fine tune it all day long. But you will never, ever, on your FM dial, get 12.80 a.m. And you can try, but we're on a totally different wavelength. We're created. And we don't know, and we cannot comprehend, as Tanner taught last week, the Creator. So what are we to do? Because we cannot start the conversation. That's why God has to start the conversation. And we can't, we can think like, the biggest thoughts that you can think about God, and they'll still be creature thoughts. That's why God has to reveal who He is to you. That's why Scripture is so important. God must start the conversation because everything that I know is within time, space, and matter. And I cannot comprehend a God who is outside that. Tonight, you've got to ask yourself a question. Why do we... Why do we bother? Like, why even bother to um, pursue lofty thoughts of who God is? Like, are we just, uh, is this just one of those philosophy classes where you come in and you're like, ooh, yeah, neat. I'm glad we thought about that. And it doesn't change you? Like, why do we bother to think about God's incomprehensible? Tonight, God is eternal. I wrote down um, a couple verses for you to, to encourage you in, before we get into tonight's study. Proverbs 25, 2 says this, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search out a matter. You can't comprehend God, not fully, but God says it is a noble thing to want to know more about me. And I, you will not fully grasp who God is. But don't just throw your hands up. Like, tonight we're going to dig in. We're going to dig into God's Word. And God says, that's a, that's a noble thing. It's the glory of kings to search out a matter. Jeremiah 9.24 says, But let him who glories, if you're going to glory in something, if you're going to be proud of something, glory in this that he knows and understands me. 
If you want to think about something that's worthwhile, then think about the Lord. Consider what He says and just muse on it. This week I've had so much time, thank the Lord, just sitting in coffee shops or my office or talking with people about who God is. The Lord loves when His people consider Him. Romans 16.26 refers to God as the everlasting God. What does that mean? What does that mean that God is eternal? Because here's what I think. In my created mind, I think that God is really, 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 really old. Right? We have that saying, the, um, the old man. And that's totally wrong. Because I'm thinking with creature thoughts when I think that God is old. Eternal means that God has no beginning. He has no end. He has no succession of moments in his own being. And he sees all time equally vivid. Yet God sees events in time and acts in time. I got that from Wayne Grudem, who uh, has a book called Systematic Theology. Highly recommend it if you guys want to study in depth God has no beginning. Like if you look at me, you could probably get an idea of how old I am because time has affected me. My son, who is one, he looks like a one-year-old. Time has already taken its effect. Three, he looks, you can probably guess he's about three or six. If, I was, if a person walked in who was 50 or 80, like you can tell how Time has had an impact. If it was possible, and it is not, because God is spirit and no man has seen God, you couldn't put an age on God. He's not affected by time. He's timeless. Okay? We're going to keep looking at this. Um, it, remember when God gave his name to Moses? Tanner talked about last week that everybody has been named by somebody else. But God, because no one was before him, no one is greater than him. In Exodus 3.14, he says, tell Pharaoh, tell him I am. I am who I am. And that phrase, it doesn't have time. It just, it's an existence. It's a good quote. Eternity for God is one big now. I am. Eternity for God the, the realm that God dwells in is one big now. Like even right now, like time for you and me is ticking. For God, it's one. Revelations 1, 8 says, I am the Alpha, and the beginning, and the Omega, the end, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. God, he, he didn't have a beginning. He is the beginning. He doesn't have an end. He is all at the same time. 
He's not locked into time like we are becoming. God never becomes anything. Because if you're becoming something, you're, you're changing. Which leads us to another characteristic of God. God doesn't change. He's unchangeable. Praise the Lord, because imagine if, you, if what your salvation was based on was changeable. That's not good. God does not change. He's always the same. Psalms, Roman, uh, Job 36.26 says, Behold, God is great, and we do not know Him, nor can the number of His years be discovered. Think about this for a second. The number of God's years cannot be discovered. Any number can be searched out. Even a big number. Like, even if it's a, a billion years old, well, right away I can start dividing that. And ser- but the number that God exists, it's unsearchable. It's because there, there is no number. You can't calculate. All of these things are in Him. And I understand we're going to be cruising through Scripture fast this evening. That's why we wrote it down for you. So if you just want to look at your sheet or maybe turn to a couple of these pages this evening, that's fine. God is unsearchable. Psalms 92, verse 2, says, Before the mountains were formed, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Everlasting, eternal. Ionias. From, from as far as you could think to the start, God is, that's, God is God. From everlasting to as far as you could picture that way, God says, that's, I, I am. I didn't start there. I already was there. When it ends, I didn't end there. I already am there. Okay? Um, we're going to do our best to maybe use some illustrations this evening. To, it helps me to wrap my, my mind around some of these things. And even illustrations are going to fall short. So, in Genesis 1, what does God create? In the beginning. The beginning. Time. So you have... In the beginning, Genesis 1. And then in Revelations, from everlasting to everlasting, we read in Revelations about the end times. God says, I am. All of these succession of moments that we're locked in, God is not locked into them. Let me keep, keep thinking through here. Um, this is all that we know. This is what Scripture says about God. Acts 17. Says that in Him we live and move and have our being. Okay? So, here we are. Locked in time, and God says, in me all things exist. The beginning 
and the end, which somehow stretches out into the, where God is, which is eternity. Okay? Um, C.S. Lewis kind of uh, coined this uh, illustration that if you had a huge, an endless sheet of paper, a white sheet of paper, like that's a very small board, that time would be within it. And where God is, is outside of it. God exists outside of existence. Let's keep thinking together. And I know you're thinking, a lot of these thoughts, like, I just had to sit there and just, like, think about them. I want us to do that this evening together. Let's, let's think about um, God's perspective, God's eternal perspective. Turn to Psalms 90, verse 4. This is, a, this is one of those scriptures that's just it's good to meditate on. Psalms 90. And if you get a chance, I'd recommend you read the whole chapter. This is so many beautiful things in this chapter. For a thousand years... And this is speaking of the Lord. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past and like a watch in the night. Think about that for a second. For a thousand years in God's sight are like yesterday when it's past and like a watch in the night. Lane, you got a second? Come on up. We're going to try to unpack, understand this verse. Um, Three years ago, on September 27th, at 7.35, what were you doing? (laughs) Do you have any idea? I'm going to say homework, but that's probably not right. Do you know what homework you were doing? No. You have no idea. What about um, three months ago on Friday at 7 20 36? What were you doing? I don't know. Might have been at work. Okay. Kind of faded in your memory yeah, a little bit? A little bit. Um, what about three weeks ago? I don't know. <laughs> What about um, three days ago? Three days ago at this time. (laughs) Homework. (laughs) Safe guess. What were you doing three hours ago? Three hours ago? I was... I was practicing for Christ's life, I think. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about your practice. Um, Got here around 4.20. And ran through the songs, and now I'm here. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> a thousand years. A great span of years, a thousand years in God's sight, single sight. Psalms 90. 
is as yesterday. Or a night's watch. And a night's watch is three hours. So God remembers all of that time as if it was just three hours ago. His perfect, vivid memory, just like even probably better than Lane had of practice of what happened a thousand years ago. Think about that for a second. Let's have um, one, two, three, four, five. People, come on up. Okay. And uh, we'll have you in the middle. Okay. You can't have a girl, Jesus. <laughs> Got to have a guy. So, let's have you all duck down. Kind of duck down. No, like this. Okay, so this is how we... We think of time. Okay, we have Eve, stand up. That's a long time ago. Eve was created and then she passed away. And then later on we had um, Abraham's wife, Sarah. She, she did her time, but then she passed away. And then a long time later, Christ came. Oh. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Lived on the earth for 33 years and then died on the cross. And then a long time later, we had, um, who's another lady in history? Mar- What's that? Martin Luther's wife. Martin Luther's wife. Thank you. But then, then time passed. And then we have present time Jalisa. Stand up. And she still lives. For a time. And guys, this is how we see time. One, you can stand up, Jalisa. One event at a time and then our memory fades and doesn't it seem like a long time ago when Eve walked the earth and and this is very vivid in our memory can you guys all stand up okay just stand right there in God's sight all of this is just as vivid as if it were happening right now because his memory His existence is, you guys can sit down now, is so perfect that all of these events in God's mind, he's not locked into a, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. Or I I wonder what, oh, what, what was her name again? It's as if they're in his sight a thousand years just happened. Does that, does that boggle you at all? Like, to me, that is a neat thing to think about. God's memory, it doesn't fade. I think about maybe the blessing. It is that my memory fades. Imagine for you um, a time when you were offended. Someone hurt your feelings five years ago. Remember how angry you were at that time? Or imagine if maybe you lost a loved one five years ago. Do you remember how much that hurt? Today, it's, 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 it's faded. That, Lord willing, that anger or that hurt. It's not as intense 
as it was at that moment. But that's not true of God. Think about that in reference to the cross. Like what happened on the cross, doesn't that seem like a long time ago? Not to God. His memory of it is perfect. Perfect calculation. Perfect, the intensity of the feeling of slaying and crushing the sun is as if he was doing it right now. And we're going to get into why that is so good. Okay, turn to, uh, let's look at another balance to this. Go to 2 Peter 3.8. The context of 2 Peter 3.8 is that the Lord is patient. The Lord's patience. I like how this begins. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord is patient. Lord, how can you be so patient? Because like, I get impatient. Like, I, I think about people that I, I want to come to know the Lord, family members, friends, and I get impatient. I think of things that, are, that have done wrong, and I get impatient. I want to see justice done. The Lord is so patient. And, and a little bit of God's character is revealed in this verse. The second part we kind of covered already. One day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. So a thousand years is as one day, Acts, or Psalms 90. But look at the first part of the verse. One day is as a thousand years. What does that mean? That, okay, here's Jalisa, right here. One day, today, is as a thousand years. This is uh, Second Peter. To the Lord. What does that mean? Does that mean that God is locked in today? Uh Uh-uh. But He is so perfectly acquainted with today in His mind, it's as if it's an eternity. One day... To the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. Do you get the idea? Is that God is not locked into time? Rather, all the He is in the realm of eternity, and all of these things exist within Him. And because of that, God can He operates with perfect intention in your life today. You know why? 
because he perfectly knows what happens tomorrow. Do you know why? Because God already is in the tomorrow. He's not like, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen. He already knows. Wouldn't it be nice if you could take a test and have the teacher's answers? You'd probably do really good, right? You see, God made the test. He operates in the test, and he made all the answers. And so he can op... He, in each answer, in each day, in each of your trials, in each of your joys, he's operating perfectly because he has full comprehension of the tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. We, we don't know anything like that. Like I can draw silly little pictures on the board. That doesn't even begin to explain the... God's eternal perspective. So right now, or any one moment, is continually before the Lord. When I consider my sin, the things that, I'm, that I've done that I'm ashamed of, that's a scary verse. Because when I have offended the Lord, in my memory, it's faded. Right? And we, this is, we play these, these games where we mess up in something, we treat a person the wrong way, and in a week we feel like, oh, especially guys, a week's going by. It's okay now. But the Lord, with His perfect, perfectness and His eternal perspective, it's as if it was committed against Him right then. He holds it perfectly right there. That's a scary thing. So if we zoom out, on one hand, all time is a blink to God. He's not locked into time or moment to moment to moment as we are. And then we zoom in, and on the other hand, one day or one moment is as vivid to God as if it were happening continually. And He can work within the moment with perfect intention because God also has full comprehension of the next moment. These are just a few things considering what it means that God is eternal. Our study is called Imago Dei, right? And we are created in the image of an eternal God. How do you reflect God's image, His eternal image? Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has put eternity into the heart of man. You see, when man was created, when, when God got the dirt together and blew into the, the mud, the dirt, the, the outcome was an eternal person. Okay, he didn't do that to anything else. It, man is unique in the way that God created him. I'm sorry, but he did not do that to, like, dogs. Dogs are not, they don't have an eternal soul. <laughs> sorry. People are like, what? That is one of the ways that man reflects. People's boats are just totally rocked right now, I know. <laughs> Trees. 
Are there going to be trees in heaven? Are there going to be dogs in heaven? Yes, but not yours. <laughs> nor cats, nor... No, I'm just kidding, chickens. Man is an eternal being. Salvation. How important is it that our salvation is based on an eternal God? Revelations 14.6 calls the gospel eternal. Praise the Lord for that. Imagine if heaven had a shelf life. Imagine if it was a million years. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yes. We're gonna, when we die, we're going to go to heaven for a, th- a million years. And you know what would be in the back of my mind? Only 500,000 something left to go. And then what? There'd be that constant fear that this is going to end. But not with an eternal God. Not with an eternal gospel. That should give you assurance. Let's consider the gospel for a second and what it means that God, of God's eternal perspective. Because the events, as I mentioned before, of the cross, they were 2,000 years ago. And they don't seem like, how can what Christ did that long ago impact me today? What difference does that have in my life today? See, they seem far away, but not to God. Not according to Psalms 90, where all of that, a thousand years, as, as if it was just three hours ago. Do you get that? Like, the cross is not a long time ago to God. It's as if it's happening right now. That's on one hand. It's God's memory does not fade. Now, on the other hand, ponder Second Peter. God knows the sin that I am committing as it rolls off my mind. And it's as if it were continually happening for an eternity. You know why? Because God is eternal. Psalms 139.4 says that God knows the thoughts, my, the, the intention of my words. And I can say something to you a certain way, and God knows the intention of why I said it. He knows my thoughts. They're continually before Him. Jeremiah 17.9 says that He... he he works in the thoughts, in the, my heart is deceitfully, deceitfully wicked, but God knows the thoughts and the intentions of my heart. And He will continue to know it as vividly as if it were this moment. They were in His presence for all of eternity. You see, so here Andy is, and all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God knows all of my sin. And he holds it right there as if it's constantly in front of him. I am constantly offending an eternal God. Okay? He doesn't, it doesn't kind of like go like this. What did he do again? No, it's right here. Okay? If that is where it ends, that's a scary thing with an eternal, perfect God. Because if God wasn't perfect, he would forget, but he's not. He's perfect. And he's eternal. And that is why I am eternally condemned. Because God is eternal. Okay? But on the other hand, 
2,000 years ago, God sent his son to die, okay? And that is not that long ago. In fact, God has perfect memory as if it's happening right now. All of the, the love and the compassion and the wrath that God poured into his son, it's as if it was right now. And when God, this is what God does, is he takes those two days for those who are in Christ, and that's called redemption. Where my sin, it's as, um, I wrote down a song that reminded me of it. My guilt upon his shoulders, ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. You see, our sin in God's mind is as if it happened at the foot of the cross. And the sin tomorrow. And the next day. So, those who are covered by the blood of Christ and what he did on the cross are being continually interceded for because of what Christ did. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. The song goes on. And God has perfect, vivid information of both of these days and many, many, many other days. And they are covered by what Christ did. And eternally, I am a proclaimed innocent. I'd like to read to you from Hebrews 7, 25-27. This is about Christ. And it says, Therefore He also is able to save to the uttermost. He is able to wash you totally clean for all of eternity because He lives in the eternal. He's able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through Him since He always lives. Christ always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us who was holy and harmless and undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sin, then for the people's. For this he did once and for all when he offered up himself. Hebrews 9.12 says that Christ died one time for all. For all times. And he constantly is interceding before the eternal throne of God. You get an idea of how important it is to understand that God is eternal? How do I stand before God? I'm judged according to the cross. In Revelations 13.8, it talks about the Lamb who was slain before the foundations of the world. So, before the foundations, before Genesis 1... In God's mind, He intended to provide salvation. And this is spoken of at Hebrews 13.8, which is the whole way this way. You see, the cross, although it happened and God does act in time, He is acting right now in time with what you're thinking, the experiences you're going through. God acted one time, but it was for all times. And into eternity. Man, that's awesome to think through. God holds the cross and my redemption right here in His sight. 
I'm going to close with four ways that you reflect the eternal God. The first one is, is how are you reflecting God's eternal gospel? You see, because we are eternal beings, we have a soul, not this body. This body, it's, it's made to live in time. You know how I know? Because time, look at time affecting it. You can tell that I'm 22, right? Time is, just kidding. You can tell that this body was made for time, and it's being wore down for time. But the soul, the eternal soul, is eternal. And Scripture talks about another body that, that is fit for eternity. This eternal being and you are eternal. It will either be to eternal life, Scripture talks about, a lot, or eternal destruction. Why is that? Because God dwells in the eternal. And, and your sin is an offense to Him. You can't just forget it. It must be paid for. It's got to be one of the two. Either eternal life or to eternal destruction. John 17, I'm going to read the three ver- a few verses. It says, Jesus spoke these words. He lifted up His eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify Your Son, that Your Son also may glorify You. As You have given Him authority over all flesh, that He should give eternal life to as many as You have given Him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You're an eternal being. So what is eternal life? John says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's based on what Jesus did, His life, death, and resurrection on the cross. John 3.15, And whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Verse 18, He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who, believes, he who does not believe is condemned already, because he is not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. You see, this is all part of bearing the image of God. God created man eternal. Will you be eternally offensive? To a holy God? Or are you eternally forgiven because of what His Son did? John 10, 28 says, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them, and they follow Me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of My hand. Only an eternal God can make these promises. Here's a couple things that I'd like to close with and encourage you as believers. As you think about how I reflect an eternal God. Matthew 6, 31 to 34. 
You can turn there. Elliot, could I have your help while you guys turn there? Matthew 6, 31, 34 starts out by saying this. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father, footnote, your eternal heavenly Father, knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore... Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Do you trust in an eternal God, or do you worry about fleeting things? Could you take this for me and just go straight towards that, this way, straight towards that exit door? Just keep on going. I'd like you to picture this as time, okay? Genesis 1, the beginning... Um, go to that way, Elliot, right over top of their heads. I could have saved money by buying toilet paper, but I didn't. Use this flyer. Keep going. And then just take it straight out the door. And you can actually you can um pinch it in the door. Give me a little slack, a little slack. Perfect. There you go. Okay, so here's time. The beginning. Abraham. Isaac. Jacob. David. Jesus. Martin Luther. (laughs) You. Right there. And... I was just reading, I think it's in Psalms 90. It says that a man lives to 70, and if by some strength, maybe 80. There's your life. Right there. Consider eternity. And I put it out the door through, on purpose because we can't even go there in our minds. Are you anxious for tomorrow? If I, I mean, I can't even, if I had a pencil, like one of those really small pencils you guys use with bad handwriting because it makes your handwriting look better. That's what I do. I get the thinnest pencil I can because it makes my handwriting look better. And we're, we're right there. Oh, what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen if I don't, gra- if I don't get the, these grades? What, what, what's going to happen if I don't get this job, if I don't marry this person, and God's like, you don't need to be anxious about those things. You serve an eternal God. What do you, you don't need to worry about those things. Consider a God who is all these things exist within. We can take comfort in an eternal God. Psalms 139.16, I love this verse, says, Your eyes saw my substance. You saw me, God, before I was 
formed, being yet unformed. Listen to this. And in your book, they all were written. What was written? The days fashioned for me. All my days, when as yet there were none of them. You see, all of, my, all of Andy's days, they're, they're already spoken for. God says, I know, Andy, I know all of your days. I know I know I'm over here. Okay? Not here, here. That should give you that brings up another characteristic of God. He is sovereign. He's in control. Do you have patience in a God who controls the future? Or are you anxious about the unknown? When you realize that that God is not locked in time, that he is, he's in control. That should give you a lot of patience that although you are locked into this day, God knows exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. When you think about that, verses like count it all joy when you encounter trials make sense because God's doing something. And I don't understand it in that day But I do know that God is eternal. In all my days, God has written in a book when as yet there was none of them. Are you patient in the trial? Are you patient in what the Lord is taking you through right now? Or are you running around like Henny Penny, worried the sky's going to fall? You don't need to be. God doesn't want you to be. He wants you to trust in an eternal God. Matthew 6, 19 and 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where's your value? Is your value placed in the eternal kingdom, which is, goes that way? Or is your value placed in today? Like, what do you, what do you look forward to? What, where is your investment? I have a friend who is a missionary um, on the other side of the world to a Muslim country. And his mom cannot stand it. She wants him home because he has two, him and his wife have two babies that uh, she would like them to be a lot closer. And I was talking to him Monday night at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and it was 7.30 a.m. his time. And he says, Andy, I just keep reminding myself that I need to have an eternal perspective. I need to continue doing the work of the kingdom. And I was like, wow, that, that's hard. To, to be thinking where I want to place my value is eternal value. Do you have that perspective? Or are you so wrapped up in what's going on today that you've totally forgotten what got the, the eternal work of the kingdom? Um, it helps in trials to think 
that uh, God is eternal. Helps in tragedy. I got a, a couple, I shared with a few people some prayer requests. Close friend of the church, uh, cancer, stage four. That's, that's bad. Another person, their son today was killed by a dog. And you ask, Lord, what in the world? What is going on? How could you let that happen? Because we're locked in to moment by moment. But a God who, who knows and who has designed, and it's for his, our good and his glory, we can trust in that. We can take comfort in trials. Because we, we get this mindset that this is the end, right? That's not fair. That's the end. And God says, you've forgotten. I am eternal. And so are you, actually, from this point on. That should bring you great comfort. I'll close with this short saying. Um, A fella who, who passed away many years ago would say this often, and it stuck with me. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And it passes fast. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. We're going to close with a word of prayer. I'm going to ask the guys to come up. And I would encourage you, talk with one another. Let's praise the eternal God. Let's consider our own eternal condition. Let's pray. Gracious, heavenly, eternal Father. We've done a poor job of recognizing who you are this evening. We do our best, Lord, to stumble around and try to put words to describe who you are, Lord. And uh, they, they, they don't do justice. Father, I pray that um, we would continue to think of you. That we would be noble by continuing to consider you. Lord, I pray that you would draw us close to you. Even this evening, Lord, as we talk and we think, Lord, help us, give us a different perspective. Help us not to be so, help our hearts not to be set on treasures, Lord, that are so burnable and rustable. Lord, Lord, I'd also ask that you would help us to use the things on this earth, to, to use them up for your eternal kingdom and your glory. Lord, I I thank you so much for your word. It is so rich. Love your word, Lord. Pray, Lord, that as we would sing, that you would take joy in, um, in our voices. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Cross Life. Feel free to share this recording with others, but please do not charge for it or alter the contents in any way, or we will find you. For more recordings or other information about Grace Bible Church, visit gbcmt.org.